You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Vikings, and this football season has been plenty different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you've been watching this season. Whether you are waiting for the Vikings to see what kind of draft pick they end up with after this winning streak, or if you're going over to the playoff simulator trying to figure out how the Vikings get into the playoffs, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madefootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And today on Locked on Vikings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, it is Crossover Thursday. I'm your host, Luke Braun your pal or the kid you copied off in math class. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. And for most of the show, we're going to be talking to a couple of different people from the Cowboys universe. We're going to spend most of the show talking to Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys. We'll talk about the, the bleak situation they have over there, but we're also going to have a brief conversation with Orlando Skandrick, former Cowboy, somebody that I've wanted in free agency for a while uh, back in the, in the tail end of his career. And uh, we'll ask him a few questions about his experiences, and especially his experiences that kind of relate to where the Vikings are at, because he's been on some teams that were in similar positions. So that's coming up really soon. But first, I got to talk a little bit about some injuries and some other stuff. So the injury report for Wednesday came out. Uh, reporters weren't allowed to watch much of it. Uh, that was just a quirk of, of uh, it being a Monday night football game last week. So they practiced a little later this week, and that changes the way that the protocols work. Uh, not a huge deal, but... You couldn't get a lot of sense for who did and didn't practice, but they did release an actual uh, announced injury report. The biggest news on that is that uh, Ezra Cleveland, DNP with an ankle injury, and CJ Ham again didn't practice with the same non-injury related whatever it is. Nobody really knows what it is, but he did play last week with whatever is going on. So for whatever reason, he's not practicing. Should be okay, hopefully. Also, importantly, Cameron Dantzler limited again. Hopefully he can come back from his concussion this week. And Irv Smith uh, is also practicing on a limited basis. He didn't practice all week last week. So hopefully he can come back from the groin injury that kept him out last week. Also limited participation, Hercules Mata'afa and Garrett Bradbury. And Afadio Denebo still dealing with a shoulder injury, but he's been a full participant. On the Cowboys side of things, big the big announcement is that Andy Dalton was uh, activated off of COVID IR. He's still on their injury report with a concussion, but he was a full participant. He looks like he's cleared to to play. So we're not going to see any weird Garrett Gilbert or uh, Ben DiNucci shenanigans. It's going to be Andy an Andy Dalton-led Cowboys. Randy Gregory has an illness. He was a DNP. I'm not sure if that is a COVID thing or not, but usually uh, that would be designated differently. And uh, Tyre, Tyler uh, Badaz, 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 uh has the rookie out of, out of Wisconsin, the rookie center, has a hamstring injury. He also did not participate for the Cowboys. So Hopefully some more of the the Vikings uh, are able to participate in this one and we we have a little bit more depth at corner, but now the interior offensive line depth is getting tested. If Bradbury doesn't go, he's limited, so uh, oftentimes that person will play if they're limited all week and then questionable. Uh, But if he doesn't go and if Cleveland doesn't go, then we're going to be really down to our paces uh, at the right guard position. Drew Samia still on COVID-19 IR, so the Vikings will either have to play Ole Udo there, who got some reps uh, when Drew Samia 
Samia first got hurt and they weren't sure if they wanted to play Cleveland or not. Oli Udo was the one splitting reps with him. And uh, they also could do something like moving Dakota Dozier to right guard and then moving Riley Reef to left guard and then activating Rashad Hill if they'd rather do that. Uh, they also have activated Brett Jones to the practice or to the active roster uh yesterday so that's also an option there if bradbury doesn't go he brett jones would probably fill in at center um so th- there would be a lot of weird shuffling maybe or maybe they just put in put in Oli Udo. uh hopefully it doesn't come up the other big uh news i guess not that big a news is there was a mike florio report that because mike zimmer had talked to bill parcells and bill parcells said hey if you wear all white uniforms it's harder to to see on the field you stand out more in your purple pants they might not wear purple pants on the road anymore they might just like be a, an all whites kind of team so i don't know that'd be kind of interesting i i like the look of it i think it's fine and if you're chasing an edge like yeah sure i guess uh go for it but i've, I've babbled on enough let's get into the orlando scandrick interview. It's a, it's a real short conversation, and then we'll get into Crossover Thursday with Locked on Cowboys. All right, everybody. Really excited here. I have a former Cowboy to help me preview the upcoming Cowboys game, and I think almost a Viking once or twice, Orlando Skandrick, or at least I was calling for you to be a Viking once or twice during the the, the free agency years uh, a couple years ago. Orlando, thank you so much for coming on and uh, and and hanging out. And I guess the first question, you have an experience that is pretty similar to a lot of the cornerbacks that are playing for the Vikings right now. You are a fifth round pick and you kind of made the career that I think they're all dreaming of right now. You know, the Vikings have fifth round pick Harrison hand going. They have Chris Jones, who's an undrafted free agent who's starting right now. Chris Boyd, seventh round pick is starting right now. Uh, so I, I guess what advice would you have for a late round pick that didn't come in with a big first round pedigree or anything like that, that kind of had a, a chip on their shoulder, something to prove? What advice would you have for those those young guys for how to make a career like yours was? Um, just got to come to work every day and get better. It doesn't matter where you're drafted. It doesn't really matter where you start. It's where you finish. Um, my my draft status was not about my talent or about like my chip or anything. It was just I was very immature. Um, I, I left early from school. I went to a small school. I was a true junior. So, you know, there was things that I had to learn and I had to just continue to mature as a man and continue to get better as a player every day and a person. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we, we, coming from like a s- small school too, is there any kind of like, did you ever feel like that was a disadvantage or was it just like a perceived disadvantage because people like don't respect small school kids? I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that people don't respect small school kids. I, I just, you know, it's just, different when they look at your level of competition as different. So I just continue to work, you know, just get better every day. You have to get better and continue to prove that you deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So you came up against your fair share of backup quarterbacks over an 11 year career. And that's what the Vikings are going to be going up against. They're going up against Andy Dalton. He's, he, uh, just as we're recording this, uh, came off of the, the COVID-19 IR list. So he's set to play and they're going up against a, a quarterback that, you know, the team did, the, the Cowboys didn't prepare with and all that. And, and it's a backup quarterback and somebody that they might be able to take advantage of. So in your time, when you were in that situation, you had that opportunity, how would you go about like trying to make the most of it? Yeah. I mean, you know, from the Vikings' perspective, just go out and do what you do. Continue to get better. You're playing good football. You're playing good defense. You're running the ball well. You're not turning it over on offense. Just go out and do what you do consistently well. You know, when you're playing against a backup quarterback or a team that's struggling, you don't want to ever give them any hope. And this Sunday, I just look for the Vikings to go in there and just from snap one to just be all over the Cowboys and impose their will. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and 
I guess if you've had, uh, you know, the Vikings have definitely had like their ups and downs and they're on an up right now. They're on a, on a big winning streak. And I think there's something, there's something that coach Zimmer preaches all the time, which is you gotta, you gotta learn how to win. And, you know, you, you were on like the 2016 Cowboys, you were on those 2009 Cowboys that like won the first playoff game for the Cowboys of forever. And I, I feel like that's a moment where you learn how to win. So what would you tell to, you know, people who have been on, uh, on the, the wrong side of the coin too much that finally get a winning streak going, how to, to, to keep that success, you know, sustained, what's the mentality you have to take, uh, to kind of get rid of the, the, the bad juju of a one in five start and instead be the team that's three and zero. one game at a time, one game at a time, take this thing one game at a time. So Orlando, what was your play style in terms of, um, you know, as a cornerback for people who didn't, didn't watch a lot of Cowboys back in that time, is it more of a, uh, you know, win and contested catches? Were you a, a physical like press release guy? Were you a, a, a speedster burner kind of counter those deep threats? Um, what was like more your, your favorite way to play? I think I was all around. Um, I just prided myself on being versatile, just competing, um, you know, being able to rush the passer, being able to play zone coverage, being able to play man coverage. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and uh, last thing before I, I let you go, cause I know you got to go here. Um, who was your favorite receiver to cover? Favorite matchup um, to, to really go up a, against? I didn't really have a favorite matchup to go against. You know, I just enjoyed the fact of going out on Sundays and competing. I enjoyed the guys that had the great stats in the Pro Bowls and the guys that were having the great years just to go out and compete against those guys and, you know, kind of show what my talents are opposed to theirs. Um, and, you know, so week in and week out, it was just a different challenge for me. So I didn't really have a favorite. Fair enough. Hey, Orlando, thank you so much for, for giving me the time. And uh, why don't you tell me where we can find you? Um, you can find me either on Fox Sports 1 with Undisputed um, with Skip and Shannon twice a week, or you can find me on the Believe Network at the Believe Cowboys podcast. Excellent. Orlando, thank you so much. Now, obviously, this football season has been a lot different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you've been watching this season, whether you've found a group to watch with, whether you've been alone with just you, yourself, or your family in your living room, however you've been watching, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These are the passionate fans who are the real generation that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, everybody, welcome in to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, I'm Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, here with Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty, and occasionally uh, you and I meet on the Locked On NFL <laughs> Podcast as well. Uh, so let's start off. Uh, I guess let's let's start off with talking a little bit about the Cowboys. So do we have to? Uh, I mean, do we have to? Can we just skip past them? <laughs> <laughs> I would. I too would like to skip past them. No. Well, here's uh, the thing: the Vikings are like capable of losing to anyone. So this is absolutely like a game worth covering. This is not going to be some foregone conclusion just because it's been rough for the Cowboys. But it has been rough for the Cowboys. Mm. Uh, we have Andy Dalton is going to start this game, and he even he might be like a blessing after the like Ben Danucci nightmares. Uh, but he just came off the COVID-19 list. So he's good to go. Um, but I guess, yeah, I mean, catch me up on what happened between the Cowboys supposedly being the favorites in the NFC East to whatever we're looking at now. 
Yeah, so obviously the Dak Prescott injury just looms over this team. And I think even if you just had Dak Prescott and everything else that was going on, I think this is still potentially a playoff team, especially in the NFC East, where five wins is probably going to get you in in the NFC East. But no, it's it's just been a terrible year for injuries. Not only did they lose Prescott, they've lost both their offensive tackles. They've actually lost two other offensive tackles, so they're down to their fifth and sixth string offensive tackles. Uh, they've had a bunch of other injuries, including Blake Jarwin and Leighton Vanderesh, and now Trevon Diggs, Gerald McCoy early in the season. So this is nothing like we anticipated in the offseason where this team was going to have talent, you know, at all positions. Uh, you know, they're at a point where like 50 to 60 percent of their salary cap is on the injured reserve list. And that oh, is goodness. just insane. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really seeing a pretty banged up squad here, but. Credit to Mike McCarthy over the last couple of weeks. His team has been much more competitive. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking that after a bye week, after a chance to reset a little bit, it wouldn't be all that surprising if they're competitive in this game. Yeah, and well, the Vikings are pretty familiar with games against uh, Mike McCarthy. So that's an interesting, fun little rekindling of the rivalry. But I guess let's get a little bit more uh, nitty gritty here. Uh, with the defense of the Cowboys, that was a defense that I looked at preseason. I was all over that team. I was, oh my goodness, Jalen Smith and Leighton mm-hmm. Vander Esch and maybe, you know, however many games you get out of Sean Lee and look at the defensive line. You know, they had picked up Griffin. They had uh, obviously uh, D-Law and, and Randy Gregory yeah. and yeah, Alden Smith. I mean, he had a lot of talent for sure. Yeah. And so I guess, is it a matter of as many of those people that have been hurt but there are still plenty of those players in there. Is it because like the secondary was kind of the the Achilles heel there? Is it because of underperformances like with guys like Jalen Smith and Everson Griffin who ends up getting traded? Um, I, what's to blame here? So there's a couple of different ways that we can look at it. The first being when the Cowboys built this defense over the last couple of years, they really build it with the idea that they're going to be a team that's going to score a bunch of points on offense. And this is going to be a team that can just get up the field, rush the passer and be aggressive on defense and get takeaways. Okay. And that's fine. But when you're now suddenly having to play a different style of offense, because there's no Dak Prescott and you need to rely on these guys to stop the run, uh, it becomes a problem. And they just don't have the guys in the interior defensive line uh, to stop the run. Here's a little fun fact for you, Luke. Since 2007, the Cowboys have taken a grand total of five interior defensive linemen, three of which have been a seventh-round pick. So they have just not invested into the interior defensive line at all. They got a couple injuries early in the season with Gerald McCoy and Tristan Hill, and now they are literally starting guys off the street in that spot. Uh, The cornerbacks have been injured. Chidobi Wuzier is actually going to be returning in this game uh, for the first time since week two. As I mentioned, Trevon Diggs is out for probably the year. Uh, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown have both missed time. So it's just a combination of you know poor game scripts for them this season, uh, poor planning long-term, and then obviously some injuries this year. Well, maybe it'll be more fun to talk about the offensive side of the ball because at least there's a, some fun it's stuff It's not. I promise there. it's not. It's really <laughs> oh, not. No. Uh, I, hey, CeeDee Lamb is fun, right? He is fun. <laughs> there's, okay. there, there's, there's fun wide receivers and stuff. I, I think Amari Cooper still Amari Cooper, you know, and the quarterback situation is what it sure. is there. But I guess if you are Mike Zimmer, your defensive coordinator, and you look at this offense and, you know, the Cowboys have had this famous offensive line forever. I, I actually don't know if they are that good this year or if that's another thing that's fallen off. Um, but, you know, you have... Andy Dalton throwing to a guy like CD lamb and good, I would say good receivers. And then you of course got the Ezekiel Elliott run game. What's the move to 
prepare for that? Like, how, how would you approach the, the Dallas offense from an opposing point of view? Yeah, so the Cowboys offensive line is pretty weak right now. Zach Martin is still an absolute stud, maybe playing the best football of his career. Outside of that, Cam Irving is the, the team's left tackle right now, and I'm sure all your listeners know how bad Cam Irving is, but he legit might be their second-best offensive lineman right now considering all the injuries they have had. So the way to attack Dallas is pretty simple right now. Rush with your front four and then drop everybody else in coverage because you're going to get pressure, whether it's Cam Irving on the left side, Terrence Steele on the right side. You should be able to win those individual matchups, put everybody else back in coverage to stop, to stop CeeDee Lamb and uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and you should have success. Now, I will say... Uh, the Cowboys have done a pretty good job the last couple of weeks trying to keep teams off balance, uh, not running as much on first down to, to try to you know run some screens or trick plays. So you do have to be a little prepared for that. Uh, but again, it's really going to come down to the trenches. And I think Mike Zimmer has traditionally been a, a you know a guy that doesn't blitz a lot. I think that'll play into his hands and his strengths this week. That makes a bunch of sense. I can't wait to dive uh, dive further into it for for future things. Uh, but hey, I, I bet you have some questions about the Vikings that I would be happy to answer. So when we come back, we are going to do that. So stick around. All right, we are back with Luke from Locked On Vikings to talk about this Vikings team that actually has a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, after that win on uh, on Monday Night Football, it's not impossible that this team makes the playoffs, right, Luke? Yeah, no, they're they're back into a I don't think they're above like 50 percent odds to make the playoffs, but they're back in a conversation where it's not that like negative less than one percent. Like it's they're part of the conversation. They're maybe the last team in the conversation, but they're in the conversation. (laughs) All right. I want to talk about the offense because I think this is the most fascinating to me. Um, I I don't know how this happened, but you guys might have the the best wide receiver duo in the NFL right now with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, how big of a revelation has Justin Jefferson been for the Vikings this year? Yeah, I, I don't know about best duo in the league. I, I'd have to look further into it because I know there was always a lot of debate when it was Diggs and Thielen with like Godwin and Evans and stuff like that. So I, I would want to look more into that. But that's actually really interesting. <laughs> I kind of want to think about that more. But Jefferson's been incredible. Uh, he's been able to win in a versatile amount of ways. I, I, a lot of times when you get a rookie that like really breaks out, then they'll fall off later in the season because you realize it's just kind of like one trick that they had. That's kind of what happened with like Cordero Patterson. He did got a couple of uh, really cool gadget plays and some kickoff returns early in his career. And then people kind of figured out that that was the only way he could be successful. And he fell off. And now he's, you know, a backup running back and a kickoff returner in Chicago. Um, And that's not happening with Justin Jefferson. He is winning on different routes. He's winning inside and outside. That was a thing for him in the draft was that he was like only a slot because LSU chose to put him in the slot primarily because they were chasing mismatches, but they could have put him outside if they wanted to. They just always, there was just always some weak nickel corner, somebody's nickel corner up against Justin Jefferson, and they could absolutely feast off of that. Um, And the Vikings have kind of done the same thing, although they've done plenty of slot stuff with Adam Thielen as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's just like good at every part of it. He can release off the line, which was supposed to be a thing that was actually kind of scary. He's been fantastic there. His routes have been absolutely divine and artful. I mean, teach tape routes. Um, And he's won a few contested catches as well. So it's it's very Adam Thielen-esque where there's just no weak point in his game right now. So, I mean, again, we're only, what, 10 weeks, 11 weeks into the season. You taking Justin Jefferson over CeeDee Lamb? I mean, I know this is a, these are oh, yeah. two of the best rookie receivers. That's an oh, yeah, for you. Not even close? Uh, with, with the benefit of hindsight, sure. 
Never would have. I was, I remember sitting on draft day thinking, oh my goodness, are they going to let CD lamb fall to the Vikings? And, you know, thinking like, wow, that'd be crazy if that happened, the Cowboys take him. And then, but that actually ends up pushing Justin Jefferson far enough down the board that, that we got him. Um, uh, CD lamb's been awesome. I think he's the only person, the only rookie that I think has a genuine case to be like the best rookie receiver outside of Jefferson. But I, I Jefferson's put up like 500 yard games. He leads the league in yards per route run. It's really, really difficult to make the case for me that you would like if if you, the Cowboys offered CD Lamb for Justin Jefferson straight up, uh, I, I I wouldn't take it. Yeah, it's probably one of those things where neither team is trading away their guy because they they've already produced in their system. But just oh, want to sure. remind those Cowboy fans out there that are listening to this and shaking their head. CD Lamb first five games of the season with with the with uh, Dak Prescott, he was on pace for like fourteen hundred yards and double digit touchdowns. So let's let's just all relax a little bit. Um, I want to talk about Kirk Cousins, uh, Luke, because seems like well, every week. <laughs> well, I'm going to say every it seems like every week uh, the 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 conversation changes about Kirk Cousins. Some weeks uh, we have some conversations on Twitter about is he better than Aaron Rodgers? I know that was a conversation over the offseason. Uh, then other weeks it's okay. Well, who are we trading up for in the draft? So talk to me about where we're at with Kirk Cousins right now. Yeah. In the offseason, I was all over those cousins is better than Rogers, but it was a hundred percent just to troll Peter Bukowski at Lockdown yeah. Packers. Yeah, I really just to, wanted to do it to, to, to Ben Baldwin for all that, for <laughs> yeah. all that help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so this is the the world of Kirk Cousins, right? He will be an MVP candidate one day, one day and so, and he's streaky too. So he'll do these games. Right now he's in game manager mode. There's like kind of three Kirk Cousins mode. There's there's Kirk Cousins throws away the game where he forgets how to play quarterback and he throws dumb interceptions. And he gets strip sacked and he drops snaps and stuff. And uh, he just does these baffling things that totally ruin the game. Uh, that was the first six games we had bad Kirk. I, I yeah. call him Kurt. Because Jay Gruden called him Kurt once, yeah, and it was really Kurt funny. Cousins. Yeah, Kurt. Uh, we don't. We're we're out of Kurt, but we're in the game manager Kurt now, where he's so afraid of those mistakes that he's like dialed the crazy all the way back from ten to zero. But now he's declining a lot of uh, chances and a lot of riskier throws. It's working out okay because the run game's going well, and you know the Bears game was kind of weird, um, and and it's working out okay. Eventually, they're going to have to ask him to take more chances. But right now, I, he's still kind of they're still kind of uh, letting him settle down. And he's playing a very, very conservative deal the balls, eight different receivers kind of game. And then sometimes you get these streaks where he's white hot and he puts up, you know, 450 yards and four touchdowns. And it's, and he looks like Mm. an incredible quarterback. There was a lot more of that third one in 2019. We haven't really seen that this year, Uh, but you really can't ever guess which one you're going to get on a given week. No, and traditionally or historically, Cousins has not played very well against the Cowboys. Now, he was good last year in the game, the Cowboys-Vikings game, which I hope this one is as good as that one was because that was a lot that of fun. awesome game, yeah. Yeah, that was the game that really got Jason Garrett fired, which I will always remember fondly because of yeah. telling Tavon to call for a fair catch. I'm not still bitter about that game, but I'm bitter about that. that. I was like mad about that. I was like, what are you doing, Jason Garrett? Yeah, it's whatever. It's Jason Garrett. Um yeah, so uh, I want to talk about the defense here, Luke, really quickly. Uh, gone is Daniil Hunter and no Everson Griffin, obviously, anymore. And it just doesn't seem like this defense has a lot of blue chippers. Uh, Harrison Smith is still really good. Eric Kendricks is really good. Give Cowboy fans one under-the-radar guy we have to watch in this game. And please tell me it's Hercules Mata'afa. 
It's absolutely Hercules Mata'afa. Yep, yep. Washington State defensive tackle. So, okay, so they moved him to edge, and that's been the big thing. So he was, for people who don't know, he was a, like a 250-pound nose tackle, like this tiny guy at nose tackle, but he was crazy quick. So the idea was that he would be able to be quick and like penetrate past centers and stuff. That didn't work out great. He got kind of benched. Uh, fun, he was a healthy scratch down the back half of last season. He ends up actually getting cut earlier this year. Um, and We actually did so a whole he, show on him on Locked on Cowboys, why the Cowboys should sign him. Uh, it, it would have been a good idea, honestly, cause he's, so then they moved him to edge, which I think his size and his quickness, he's gained a bunch of weight since he, since the draft too. So now he's like a 280 pound edge and he's pretty quick. And like, that's working out. That's not necessarily, it wouldn't have been an intuitive move before, but it is working out great now. And he's been uh, getting penetration. He's getting all kinds of production. And, um, the other thing you have to kind of, uh, watch for, I, I, I mean, you, I guess you have to watch Eric Wilson. He's maybe the most interesting player on the team. He's the the backup linebacker backing up Anthony Barr's out the torn peck. Um, and he's like been the beneficiary of a gajillion unblocked sacks and like tipped interceptions. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But he's also made some plays himself. He's to me, he's a, a very, a, a pretty good coverage linebacker and really exploitable run defense linebacker. So if you're a Cowboys fan, you're looking for something to the, the Cowboys can exploit here. Um, run outside zone toward Eric Wilson there's a decent enough chance he'll screw up the gaps. You'll get production. And Jeff Gladney's probably the guy that the Cowboys want to target in the passing game, right? Gladney's playing out of the yeah, slot. A slot. Yeah. Well, we do. We got CD Lamb. He's all right. Yeah. So, oh yeah. We'll, yeah. He's yeah, the slot. We'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll um, be good. Those are some good uh, old big 12 matchups. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, they have backups playing outside corner as well. They have Chris Jones, who they brought in off the street, not that Chris Jones. Um, and they have Chris Boyd, who was a seventh round pick last year. Um, also those, like, those are their starting two corners and those guys have been playing better than you'd expect for their pedigree, but it's still like very exploitable. If you can find, if you can get these corners one-on-one, which the Vikings have basically designed their entire scheme around not letting that happen. But if you can get that, take it. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if Andy Dalton can take advantage down the field. It's not typically a strength throwing the ball outside the numbers. That's why I think, you know, CD lamb and Dalton Schultz could have a big game uh, really quickly. Luke, before we head out, uh, do you got a score prediction for me? It's one of my favorite things to do on this show is to ask the uh, the crossover guys to who they think is going to win. Uh, what do you think about this one? I usually like to do it uh, on the spread. I think right now the Vikings are over a touchdown favorite, which I think is way too much. I think the Vikings are more capable to to throw away this game. And I I, I don't like the way that the Cowboys match up. Like, I, I think that like CeeDee Lamb against Jeff Gladney, like I do not like that matchup. And I I don't really like some of the matchups on defense as well. You know, Jalen Smith, as much as he's struggled, the type of, of linebacker he is, is kind of the type of linebacker that's tends to be good against these zone schemes. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy's gotten Zimmer's number a few times in the past. So I would say, I, I still think the Vikings can win just because I don't believe in Dalton very much, but I would say that the Cowboys cover. Yeah, so Dallas right now, depending on the sports book, plus seven. Some places it's up to plus seven and a half. Uh, that's some pretty good value. So I, I I think I agree with you there. I still like the Vikings to win. Um, all right, Luke, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Uh, the, my show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I'm just tell my people where you can find where they can find you. Yeah, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Every day we do a Locked on Cowboys podcast and then Locked on Dynasty, a new show where we cover all the things you need to know about Dynasty football. Uh, make sure you guys are checking that out. Yeah, and you can also find both of us uh, on Locked on NFL on Tuesdays. There's a Locked on NFL every single day and Tuesday's a fantasy day.
All right, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that Marcus said in that interview that I want to go dive a little bit deeper into, and that's what we're going to do on tomorrow's show. I'm going to kind of do a little bit more research and follow up on some of the things he said and see if there are ways for the Vikings to exploit it with what I know the Vikings uh, like to do. So uh, make sure you come tune in for that. But in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. The show is on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. And of course, I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.